Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is July the 30th, 2014. One more day for July, and we'll be into August. The children are getting ready to go back to school, so I hope everybody's ready. Either your children go back August the 4th or the 7th. Mine is going back on the 4th, so I'm grand for that. Today is a wonderful day in Atlanta, Georgia. We're supposed to be, <clears throat> excuse me, we're supposed to be getting showers at the end of this week. But for right now, I'm just going to enjoy this wonderful weather while I can because I don't do weather as much, but I love my summer weather. With me today is a fabulous guest, and I'm glad that he's on. He has been in the media industry for some time. He has been with the media industry that I want to get with, ABC. That's the job I really want with them, but um, hopefully one day I will get that opportunity. But with me is Mike Kravinsky. He has done a, a incredible film. It's called Geographically Desired, but I'm not going to tell you much about it because I want to give him the opportunity, but it is pertaining to the news. And if you do feel like calling in, do so at 347-426-3751. I will also have my chat box open with me. So this time, if you want to chat, you can do so. How are we doing today? Hi, Tanisha. I really appreciate you having me on. I am so glad, too. Um, as we were discussing before we got before we got disconnected, you know, Clint Morris, he's He's an incredible person, and I, I love him for just giving me the opportunity to be able to get a chance to talk to people like you who are directing movies, who are doing something different out here for the community, and it's just it's just wonderful. Now, I yeah. particularly... Oh, yeah, I know. Clint's a, a great guy. I, uh, I actually, uh, you know, started with him uh, just a couple of months ago, and, you know, for, for your uh, listeners, uh, Clint is just a... Uh, uh, a promotions person and you know for somebody like me who's starting out with you know small films I mean it's really a blessing to have you know somebody like Clint on your side and kind of helping you get the word out and stuff right how long have you been doing short films like this well this is actually a feature film uh, okay. and uh, it's I this is actually my second film but the first one uh, called the next Nick was uh, it was a really good. Uh, I describe it as a really good first effort. Uh, you know, great film. You know, great cast. Uh, but basically, I took what I learned um, with that film, and you know, the gained experience and working with actors, and you know, because it really is a craft to be able to you know motivate actors to to give you good performances and stuff. Uh, and I brought it into Geographically Desirable, uh, which is, you know, a story of a uh, driven and overworked and sleep-deprived uh, TV newswoman uh, whose life is derailed when she inherits a house and a dog in a small town. Okay. And I really love movies like this because that's what I want to get into, news reporting. But obviously, I have not got my foot in the door yet, so that's why I started the news radio show because I said, well, I can't get in there. I don't know if I'm – well, I want to say I'm sleep-deprived of it, but news is my thing. I love it. I see for it. And hopefully one day I get a knock on that door, but until due time, I'm not going to try to lose as much sleep doing it. But so, Mike. So, Mike, how did the title come about? Geographically desirable. Well, I, you know, I actually had been working in uh, news. I'd worked for ABC News in Washington, the the network news operation, uh, for 29 years. And uh, yeah, and it, you know, basically, uh, you know, with cable and and shows like yours you know the the with the internet and uh that the news business is is being forced to downsize um and so basically you know back in 2010 
they offered me a buyout after all this time. And, you know, I just used it as an opportunity to kind of explore other things that I was interested in. And, and one of the things that I'd always really enjoyed was, you know, being you know, creative with, with the media, you know, making films, uh, making short, you know, uh, short videos, things like that. And so I figured, well, this is, this is like a, a, a great opportunity to, you know, to, to start over. And so that's what I did. I, you know, as I say, I, you know, worked on the first film. Uh, and, uh, and then when that came out, you know, we, fortunate enough, we got into some festivals. And, and you know, it just, you know, one thing led to another. You know, I was starting to write a new film. And it just occurred to me that, you know, I should write what I know. And what I know is TV news. And so, you know, the next thing I know, I'm writing this story about, you know, a woman who's, uh, you know, just lives and breathes TV news, uh, just loves it, you know, and, uh, you know, to the detriment of pretty much everything else. I mean, she doesn't, you know, all her social, uh, you know, you know, socially everybody around her is, in, you know, in the news business, uh, uh, you know, even her relationships or relationships of convenience, you know, uh, and, uh, uh, and she, but she's happy. Uh, and, and one of the, one of the asides in is that she works the overnight shift. Uh, so she's constantly sleepy, uh, you know, and, and anybody who's ever worked an overnight shift, which I have, you know, knows how it can really mess with your life. Um, and but in the middle in the middle of all of this, um, a uh, you know an uncle in a small town dies, and when she attends the funeral, she discovers that he left her both his uh, his house and his dog, and so now you know she decides to keep the dog, but in the process of selling the house, uh, the people of this small town just grab a hold of her and just will not let go in in their kindness to her uh and so it's basically how she you know it's sort of like a fish out of water uh, you know she basically is you know ch- you know trying to uh kind of uh you know deal with both of these worlds so it, it you know it, it's turned out i was i'm very happy i got a really dynamite cast and crew you know really you know professional crew and you know it just really really i'm really pleased with the way geographically desirable turned out well, you should be. That takes a lot of work, and coming from your background experience, I know it had to be a different direction for you and di- directing. So prior to this, how long had you been directing? Well, you know, I, you know, as I say, I started with the uh, with the next Nick in 2011. Uh, so you know, really, you know, when I was at ABC, I was a video editor. Uh, you know, and with and with that, you you know, you do some producing, but you know, just just in the in the fact that you're sitting there making decisions, editing decisions, uh, but actually uh, motivating actors, um, and it, that in itself is, is was a real education. I mean, you know, the, you know, people say, oh, you know, you can go from news to you know to narrative filmmaking, and it's not that. Uh, you know that much of a stretch, but the fact is is that it really is in the sense that you know you know news is is real and news is uh, uh, you know you 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 can't play with facts. The facts are the facts in news, and that's what you report on. But in film, in narrative filmmaking, fictional filmmaking, you can do anything you want. You know, and a character can be anything they want, but but the but what you need to be able to do is motivate these people to give you a good performance. You know, a, a, like a, a, a news person, someone on the air, you know, you know, whatever their personality is, is always the same. But, you know, the facts may be different. And really what's the most important is the facts. In, in filmmaking, in narrative filmmaking, you know, you know, an actor can change who they are from film to film. You know, and, and you know, and so so the trick really is is you know to to make sure they understand you know actors understand what you want, and you know I will tell you that is you know as a director that is really one of my that was one of the hardest things 
you know, I had to I had to deal with. And and that's amazing because in the news where it is, it is different. On um, when you're doing film, you might can get away with not pronouncing your words correctly because that's part of the film. They might tell you to talk this way, but when you're doing the news, it's totally different. You have to you have to be on your best. You really do. And, right, and it was so hard for me because they'll tell me, "Oh, you don't look like." Well, I worked with um, Tom Jones when I was interning at Channel Two and mm-hmm. um, for ABC, and it would be like he'd be like, "Oh, well, you you look like," and I'd be like, I, "How can I can't tell what I look like because I'm not looking at myself. I'm trying to perform." Put on this act, then in my mind I'm looking like, uh, I'm thinking to myself, Mike, I'm not pronouncing my words correctly, because I'm mm-hmm. I'm southern. I have a, I have been told I have a very strong southern draw, which is nothing wrong with that. It's just that I have to be tweaked a little bit. So, I, when I get on camera, I'm thinking of that at the same time. Am I enunciating my words correctly? Because you asked me, what's your hold up? I said. I'm thinking, am I speaking correctly on this camera? And that's what holds me back because I'm thinking of all that, everything that everybody have criticized me on and gave me feedback. So all that's going through my mind. So it's, it is it's a lot of work when you're doing the news. It's not oh, yeah. Thing. Oh, yeah. And, and I might add, you know, in the news business, which, you know, we try to do in the film, you know, I mean, it really is a 24-7 I mean, you know, uh, uh, you know, like in in my years working in news, you know, my family was very patient with me. They, they, you know, I cannot tell you how many times, you know, we had to plan something like uh, Thanksgiving around my schedule, Uh, you know, in a way. Um, There's just situations like that. Because, you know, something happens, you, you have to be there. And, uh, you know, it, I mean, I suppose they could, you know, bring in somebody else. But, you know, you can't just do the news when it's convenient. You have to do the news when it's, when it's there, you know. And so, you know, that's what, uh, you know, in the film, I mean, you know, what uh, Nicole goes is up against. Uh, you know, she's like, you know, she, you know I mean, she has to... Uh, convince her boss uh, that she needs some time off to go to her uncle's funeral, you know, because there's a big news story happening, you know. And so, you know, I mean, she does obviously convince him to to take the time off, but, you know, know, this is not an unheard of situation, you know, particularly when there's a big news story. Because you are right. News never sleeps. You could be in your bed lying down, they're going to call you, we need you with this news story, and they want it pronto. Why? Mm-hmm. I've been on it, and it's, it's very stressful because they have to do their own scripts, the reporters. They have to turn it to the news director who has to approve it. Then you got to get your teaser together. you got to get your live shot together if you're going to do all that. So it's a lot of work behind the scenes when you're thinking, oh, they just a pretty face on news. No, nah, baby, they have to do so much get their interviews together. Questions have to be lined up, so it's, it's oh, yeah. work. <laughs> so, um, oh yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. And and I will tell you though that you know with the with the internet and with cable and uh, you know particularly with the internet though. I mean, and the you know uh, the, you know the, the less expensive lighter equipment. Uh, a lot more people can do that sort of thing. You know, I mean, you know, look. I mean, you've got a radio show. You know, and uh, you know, I mean. You know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, something like this would have been unheard of. Um, but uh, you know, that's really the trick. And the same thing with independent film. You know, I, uh, you know, I, you know, fifteen years ago, it would have cost me, you know, five times as much to make geographically desirable. But uh, uh, you know, because the technology has gotten uh, less really and more, more yeah, exactly, more and more people are getting involved. But the trick is, is that you know, you know, just because you're getting involved, or just because you can do it, doesn't mean you you can do it right. It's still like with film, it's still the story is the most you know. You have to have a good story. You have to have good actors. 
you know, you have to have somebody who's holding the camera that knows what they're doing. Um, exactly. You know, so, you know, you, what is it? You, the, the tools and the talent, you know. You, I mean, and so, you know, even though everything has become democratized, uh, you know, you still have to have a level of, of experience and talent, you know, uh, yeah. that, that makes it interesting to the viewer or the listener. Now, that's why I need to practice on more of the editing because that's the most – when I look at it, that is the most exciting part of the news industry of it all. Yeah, I want to report, but looking at the guys who are behind the scenes doing everything, it's like, that's where it's at because they're the ones who are making it happen. Editing is totally different now because you got the Final Cut Pro, then I think they went to Adobe Premiere. The one lady was telling me, she said, it's just not the same. Like, these students coming out of AIU – they really don't know how to edit. She thinks that maybe they need to go back to linear before it was no linear because that's what I learned, no linear. And I oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, that's the nice thing about, you know, filmmaking now too is that, you know, be, you know because of nonlinear editing, I, you know, I, I've used, you know, the Apple program, Final Cut, and now I'm using Adobe. And, uh, uh, you know, being able to, like, you know, in my case, to edit the film, go to bed, wake up the next morning, have a change of thought about the direction that you want to go, and then just do it, you know, or at least or even keep, uh, keep a copy of what you did and and then do a new version because you you got this, you know, epiphany overnight that, oh, I got to do this, you know. Um, uh, that to me is the, the beauty of nonlinear editing. But I think too, Mike, you just have to have it naturally in your blood because there's some people who never been to school and they know how to edit. Because I took no, I took classes with a couple of guys and they knew their stuff, but they, you know, they have been practicing. It. It's something that you just have to practice because you could take a course all day, like I did at Clay State University. And mm-hmm. you still won't adapt it because it takes practice to edit. One class is not just going to get it and make you perfect. And that's what I did. I took one class, but that's not enough. Editing takes it takes mad skills to put a piece together where it does not look like you just learned how to edit and it does not look sloppy at all. That's what I like about editing. That's what I want to learn. I still want to learn it. And I, I, I oh. just have to practice now, Mike, we know that you're connected to this film because you are in the media industry. But now, was it kind of different? How much did, how much more did you learn about the world of news women or TV anchors just doing this film? Well, uh, you know, it, you know, basically what I did was I just brought my experience. You know, when I was writing the film, I brought my experience to the film. Um, uh, you know, so I, I didn't necessarily learn a lot about, you know, the, the business itself. Um, but, uh, what I did learn was, you know, the, you know, what the actors can bring, you know, to a particular role, like in the case of Blair Bowers, who, uh, plays Nicole, uh, you know, she came up with some suggestions, uh, you know, while we were shooting, you know, she says, oh, you know, if I say it this way or if I don't say this or, you know, uh, you know, she could sound more, you know, like a, you know, a much more harder edged person. And it was like all of a sudden I was realizing, you know, that is a great idea. Let's do it that way. You know, I, I tried to be I, during the shooting, I tried to be pretty democratic about that. If, you know, if an actor has an idea, I, you know, instead of saying it, you know, no, I'm sorry, do it my way. I actually preferred them, if assuming it worked, um, them trying it their way or or doing it their way, uh, because then I know that there would be a lot more, um, uh, <clears throat> you know, energy into their performance and things like that. But um, the, you know, the, the the character of Nicole, uh, she she's really a combination of a lot of. Um, you know, uh, kind of hard-driving women that I met uh, when I was working in the news business. Because, you know, I don't know, um, you know, how far back your your listeners go, but, you know, when I started in news, uh, you know, in the early 80s, uh, uh, 
you know, women were just starting to get into the workforce, you know, in managerial positions. And, uh, you know, the, the women who did that, you know, really had to be kind of tough because they were dealing with, you know, uh, guys that had been in there without having uh, women as bosses. And so they had to be, the women had to, you know, kind of be a lot tougher, you know, uh, because not necessarily that they had to prove something to themselves, but they had to make sure that the people who were, you know, the, the men who were, you know, working now working for them understood that they were the boss. And, uh, you know, so, you know, a lot of women that started out, I, I find, you know, early on in, in TV news, you know, as I say, had to be, you know, pretty tough. Uh, and so that's the kind of character that I tried to, to base Nicole on, that has, you know. Why? Because it is. It's, it's a dog-eating dog world out here. And it's still, it's most like that most industries where women still have to play as hardcore with the guys just to make sure that she gets noticed and know that this is my position now. I'm over you. You're not going to take advantage of me. But it was a lot harder during those times, I heard. <laughs> right, I'm, right. I'm well, like, it's true. I mean, you know, it's the same thing today. I mean, you you always hear about, you know, uh, uh, women getting paid less than men and things like that. And, you know, and it, uh, you know, it's, you know, it, it, again, it, it comes down to, you know, how, you know, they approach their superiors and the people that they work with and stuff like that. And, you know, it's a tough world. Now, is there... Now, Blair Bowers, I know she's the leading actor, but is her character in some way um, based on anyone in real life that you know of? Well, you know, it's funny because I would uh, tell people, even though, you know, the, the character of uh, Nicole is, as they say, is, is based on a number of characters and a number of, of uh, women and men, I might add, um, uh, that I've worked with over the years. Um, uh, the uh, it's funny. I would I would be at events with like friends of mine that I worked with in the business, and I would say, oh, you know, the character of Nicole is like this, and she does this, and she says this, and you know, she talks like this. And invariably, anybody that I talk to in the news business names somebody. It's like, oh, it's that person. You know, they like when I make the when I give the description of who Nicole is they can picture that person, you know. And so, you know, it, it, it's interesting. And, and it's not always the same, you know. It's like, uh, you, you know, somebody, they may know somebody from ABC in New York or somebody from ABC in Washington or, you know, or somebody that they met working in radio, you know. And, and so they can always picture that person. Right. And you are right about that. When you, I was thinking about... One time they showed on the news a bride was reporting in China uh, on an earthquake and how you were saying the news never sleeps. And she actually took out her time from her wedding to report the news. So, you know, I was thinking of that about Nicole being hard-driven and just her desire to just get the news done. Now, right. in between in between your time doing this, how much did you have to change on the script? Oh, my goodness, the, the script changed, like, you know, dramatically. Actually, you know, my very first uh, version, not even version of the script, when I was first, like, outlining the script and working on it, um, the, you know, Nicole, it was the original character was a man. Um, and, you know, really early on, I changed it over to a woman. I figured that, you know, you get a, more of a sense of, you know, having her like deep into her career, you know, and, you know, uh, and so the, the, uh, the change, I don't even want to say the change, just the, you know, the, you know, kind of getting your priorities in place, uh, would be more dramatic, uh, if it were a woman. Uh, and so early on, you know, as I say, that, you know, went from a man to a woman, but, um, you know, basically the process um, went from it was it, at first it was really long and it was kind of winded and you know I did a lot of tightening up and you know I was fortunate enough to, to work with a uh, screenplay consultant in Los Angeles uh, who also a woman 
who you know helped me a lot with tightening up the script and um, you know getting you know just you know just basically she just kept saying you know Mike you got to move the story forward you know there's too much detail you know and that sort of was my problem in the beginning I was adding a lot of you know like you know detail that probably an average viewer of the film probably wouldn't care about you know but you know it, I was you know, trying to explain something about TV news, which was really unnecessary, you know. And, uh, you know, so it was amazing. You know, we had, I think, like three sessions of trying to, you know, get through this script and, you know, tighten it up and, you know, you know uh, defining the, uh, you know, the story arc and all of this stuff. And uh, uh, and I just remember going from the first to the second session. So I mean, it's like I must have chopped off like 40 pages of getting rid of like just you know stuff that just was not necessary. Wow! When you want to put something out good, it takes work. <laughs> For anybody out there who wants to direct, please believe me, it's work. You hear it from Mike's mouth. It's not easy. You have to do so much. That's why it takes. So many years for a movie to come out. It's already in production. It's just the same way, just like the series we watch on TV. They are already working on things right now that will be put out for next year. It's just not Correct. you just gonna write something down on a piece of paper and it's gonna be out. That's it's stuff like bones. We watch them right now. This stuff be on produced a year early and and they just print it out. It takes time to. But you got pre-production, you got post-production, then your production come in. Where did you where did you find your cast, though? Well, you know, I'm in the Washington D.C. area, and you know, because okay. this is a uh, a low-budget film, uh, that I had to, uh, you know, I uh, you know, there's a number of uh, casting agencies, you know, in you know the Mid-Atlantic region and, and D.C. and Baltimore and New York. Uh, but I, I was really, you know, and at first I was thinking I would kind of open up that net and, you know, bring people down from New York and things like that. But, I mean, the reality is is that, you know, the budget's the budget. And, uh, you know, I, so I really kind of concentrated on people in the D.C. area. Um, uh, you know, and, and actually one of the actors is, you know, lives just above Baltimore, and he would actually commute in every day, you know, which is about – I don't know, 75 miles or something each way. Um, so, I mean, he, he had a serious commute, but he really wanted to do the film. But, you know, basically, uh, you know, I put out, yeah, there's um, uh, listservs, I'm sure they have them in Atlanta, um, uh, you know, acting websites and things like that. You can, you can put in, you know, jobs. I actually put in uh, a, uh, an ad on Craigslist as well you know, for the D.C. area, and uh, and then just held open casting calls. Uh, and I, I just had just just a lot of people to choose from. Uh, and, you know, uh, Blair came along, and, you know, she was, she was really good, you know, from the very beginning. Uh, and I had originally thought of her as, uh, um, what do you call it, the Nicole's, roommate i didn't think of her as the lead at first you know but you know the more i watched her uh audition when you know when she did the audition i was like you know she's really really good and uh and so i had her come back uh and read for nicole blair is just amazing she has this this ability to be kind of stern and you know you know all business-like uh, but then she also has this this you know ability to be kind of funny and warm at almost the same time. It's really amazing, you know. You know, and and you know, at this point, you know, I don't know if, if uh, you've been in communication with Blair or not, but um, you know, she's she moved out to Los Angeles. Uh, she's gonna she's gonna try and make it out there now. So. You know, geographically desirable was the last film she did. You know, in the D.C. area, for a local production, I guess. But uh, uh, yeah, so so I was I feel really fortunate about that. You know, and, and you know, hopefully the next film that I do will have a bigger budget and 
you know, I can, you know, start spreading my, my net out a little further. Well, you just keep on working on it. It's going to come to pass for you, Mike, because you have made this far to doing your second production. Because you, you had another one out. Um, I forgot the name of it. So it's with the Netflix? Or- the, the next Nick, yeah. Uh, you know, and that's also, just like uh, uh, geographically desirable, it's also a, kind of a job-centered thing. Um, it's about a guy in his mid-50s who, um, you know, works for a, a company for 25 years, and then just one day he gets fired. And oh. he's, sort of, he's sort of untethered. He doesn't know what to do. And so the film is basically uh, him... Uh, trying to figure out what to do next in life, you know, as a result of, you know, the title, The Next Nick. And, uh, you know, because it was my first film, it's also the name of my company. Well, that's all I might say. It's a, it's a star, and that's what I have on my show. I have a lot of directors, people who have been acting, getting into the um, film industry. So, it's really just a blessing when you just have made it that far, I think. And I think when you keep going, Mike, we're going to eventually, your name's going to be out there after a while. You just have to keep going because, as I was told, you always got to start from the bottom, and then you got to make your way up to the top. So you know you've been in it, you have done it, but I, I see you coming through with this. But what we're going to do, we're going to take a short break with Mike, and we're going to come back. So do not touch that dial. If you want to call in, do so at 347-426-351. We're talking about geographically desirable. It's an awesome film, people. But when we come back, we'll get more into it. So, like I said, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after this. There's only one station that will keep you happy. Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. When Dad needed help getting around, I became his driver. Any daughter would do the same. But soon enough, he needed help doing more things. And it was up to me to be his personal shopper and financial manager, too. And before I knew it, Dad moved in with me. So I became his cook his personal assistant, his physical therapist, and even his nurse. When I started taking care of Dad, I didn't realize all the roles I'd have to play. But no matter what, I know I'm still his daughter. We understand the many roles you play. And to help, we created an online caregiving resource center. At aarp.org slash caregiving, you can find resources and connect with the caregiving community. Together, We can better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving to learn more. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese. And guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Welcome back onto the Bright Style with Technician. I'm your host, Technician. I'm here with Mike Kravinsky, who is the director of Geographically Desirable, about a driven TV woman newswoman on top of that in this male-dominant world out here, and she's just driven, sleep-deprived and everything. And so far, man, Mike's been talking about all the work that goes into doing a film, the research and everything. Now, since you, uh, Mike, as we discussed, you've been in the media industry for over 29 years. So how much more research did you have to do into the media industry? Well, uh, you know, when I uh, started, I, you know, basically, uh, uh, you know, I knew I knew what I wanted. Um, you know, I, I think the the trick of the geographically desirable um, uh, was really making sure the the actors understood, you know, what it was like. Uh, 
you know, I know that I, I discussed it a lot with, uh, with Blair and, you know, she had done a lot of research on her own, you know, about what it, you know, what it was like to work in the news business. Um, but, you know, they basically say, you know, when you're doing a film, if you, you know, you know, do research if you don't know the topic, but if you do, you know, write what you know. And, uh, you know, I, you know, kind of knew the ins and outs of, of uh, you know, broadcast TV, you know, just because of my time in it. Uh, and so I didn't have to actually go out and, you know, uh, uh, do a lot of research on it, uh, only because I, you know, I'd been there. Um, and really, I think my, you know, my uh, biggest problem was to not put too much information in. You know, uh, you know, it was, I had too many scenes originally that had like, you know, you know, all of this inside conversation, uh, you know, between like editors and producers and, you know, uh, motorcycle couriers and, you know, all sorts of things like that, you know, the, uh, the bureau chiefs um, and, you know, a lot of that just, I had to remove a lot of that, you know, because it was like, it was becoming too much like a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we noticed mostly in your film that there's plenty of inside work. So where did you have to film at? Uh, I'm sorry, I, I had trouble hearing what you said. No, well, I'm sorry, Mike. There was plenty of inside work in this film. So where did you have to film at? Where, where was your location? Oh, uh, well, you know, the we, we filmed a lot in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, um you know, we were filming on buses. We were actually really lucky to get uh, what is called Arlington Rapid Transit. Uh, you know, outside of D.C. in Arlington, Virginia, um, we shot in a post-production house uh, in McLean, Virginia. We shot in the the, the, the museum in Washington, D.C. Um, and uh, you know, we actually we shot at my house. Uh, you know, again, you know, low-budget filmmaking. You know, so. You know, my house was turned over to a film crew, you know, for about five days. Um, but uh, the biggest help uh, came from uh, the, the small town. Uh, and it's a town in uh, southwestern Virginia, about 60 miles from the North Carolina border, uh, called Floyd, Virginia. And uh, this is a, as I say, a small town that has about 425 people. Uh, full-time residents in the city of Floyd, and then the county, I believe, has like 15,000, but the city is very, you know, people who live in the city, you know, 425. And they were so helpful. It was unbelievable how much support I got from the people of Floyd, Virginia. I, I, um, they, I shot in maybe six or seven interiors of their you know, businesses of, in, in the town of Floyd. We shot on the street. We, uh, I mean, we basically, they, you know, there was a, there's a story I like to tell about, uh, you know, for, the, uh, for an exterior about a day or two before we were going to shoot. Um, you know, I was getting support from the Chamber of Commerce there. And I get a call from them. And they're, you know, we're just checking out, making sure everything's okay. And, you know, scheduling and things like that. And then the guy on the phone, Jason Gallimore, who is, uh, was the, our Floyd producer, um, he goes, oh, by the way, uh, did, you know, do you want the alpacas? And I said, what? And he goes, yeah, the, you know, this other producer, Melody, you know, she says, you know, she emailed you about uh, the alpacas, uh, that, you know, the Ocotilla's uh, uh, alpaca farm in Floyd. And uh, I said, I thought she was joking. And she goes, no, no, these people really want to bring their alpacas into town and be a part of the film. And I was like, well, yeah. And so, you know, and so immediately I start rewriting the script, you know, to include just a little moment with these alpacas. I mean, that is how much support that this town gave us. You know, we, they, uh, they have this uh, jamboree. Uh, Floyd is a big uh, bluegrass town. And there's a place called the Floyd Country Store, 
uh, and they provide, they have a, a, a Friday night jamboree where they have these uh, 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 bluegrass, really excellent bluegrass musicians that get up. And people, they, they create a dance floor, and it's, it, you know, it's a pretty popular place, uh, you know, on, you know, part of a stops on the Blue Ridge Parkway. You know, people do these nice drives on the Blue Ridge, and then they stop in Floyd and go to the Friday Night Jamboree. Anyway, they, uh, they, the, the, the owners helped me recreate the Friday Night Jamboree on a Wednesday night, you know, and so we basically took over the, you know, the store for, you know, hours recreating it. And, you know, the people of the town came in and, you know, we must have, I think we had like, 60 extras, um, you know, that were just dancing, you know, and musicians. And uh, it was just amazing, you know, the support that I got from Floyd. You know, I, I highly recommend, you know, Floyd as a location to shoot. I mean, the, the support that they give you, if you need a small town, Floyd is it. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, as a, as a, you know, independent, you know, uh, filmmaker, that's the kind of support that you need. You know, you, you need the help of, you know, people that, you know, are, you know, willing to, you know, let you, you know, into their, into their world, you know, uh, the, you know, the, you know, being able to use locations and things like that, you know, so, you know, but uh, in Florida, oh, I also wanted to mention uh, Oddfellas Cafe, you know, we shot there for three days, you know, and that's the cafe that, you know, uh, Nicole's love interest in the small town is there. So, you know, and they, again, just wonderful people, really supportive, you know, really open to having us come in and, you know, make a mess of their town. <laughs> well, you know, that's a blessing because everywhere you go, you can't get help from some people. They will turn you down. So I'm glad that you were able to get help. Mostly in the South, you usually get that type of help. We are Southerners, they say we're lovable people. I don't know if that's true for everybody. Maybe, maybe because I'm a true Georgian. I, I was born and raised here in Atlanta, so I'm the kind that will call you honey, darling, sugar. Don't mind um, giving a helping hand to you. So I'm glad. That's what it takes. So um, kudos to the people out there who helped Mike. Kudos. You recognize too. So now by you doing this film, what did you learn about news women or news anchors in particular? Well, you know, we didn't really have uh, you know anchors in the film. Uh, you know, we, you know, the you know the film itself was more uh, about um, you know the behind the scenes. Um, you know, and the, you know, basically, you know, my experience. I mean, you know, certainly I've worked with you know well-known anchors and things like that in my time at ABC. Um, but this was more the perspective of, you know, uh, the people behind the scenes, you know, the producers, the editors, bureau chiefs, uh, you know, the, you know, people who work at the, you know, in the TV desk, you know, who, you know, kind of assign the news stories and make sure everything runs smoothly. Uh, and, you know, so it's, it's, the film itself is actually more from their perspective, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I that that was actually one of the original thoughts is that you know the Nicole should be like an on-air person, uh, but I you know I just felt you know I actually I don't know that world as well as you know what it's like behind the camera, and uh, you know that's something that I'm I you know I'm pretty pretty experienced at, <laughs> and um, so you know that's you know and that's what so that's what I focused on. Okay. Well, either either way, that both worlds is it's very high maintenance. It's, it's pressure. You're you're sweating to get this story out. So. Oh yeah. Uh, and if you don't know what you're doing with the camera, then you're not going to make the report look good. And if they don't know how to report, then they're not going to look good either. So it works hand to hand. Like you said, you have to have experience in both. With all that you have done. How long ago was it shot, and how long did it take to shoot this film? Well, uh, you know, I mean, if you take it, if you go all the way back to the writing, uh, you know, the, okay. the, you know, the, you know, from the very beginning to the point where I was happy with 
the script and we were ready to shoot. It's probably about a year for the writing. And, I mean, that includes everything. That's, you know, the original idea and, you know, wanting to do a new film and things like that. Uh, and then uh, probably, I would say, a total of uh, three years, you know. And, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, you know, that's a long time. But the fact is, is when it comes – you mentioned this earlier. When it comes to making films – um, it can take years. So, uh, you know, I was, you know, you know, by film standards, I, I think it came about pretty quick. You know, we, we shot in uh, September, I'm trying to think, September of last, September and October of last year. And I basically spent all last winter uh, editing the film you know, and doing all the post-production audio and color correction and all of that stuff was done, um, you know, probably of March of this year. And we probably finished, I, we finished early May because I started sending the film out to uh, the film festivals uh, in May, you know, and actually I'm hoping to hear from them, you know, you know, over the next month or so, you know, if I hopefully get uh, geographically desirable in some festivals. Uh, but uh, I, I did mention, I forgot to mention, we are actually in, already in the Fort Lauderdale International Film Festival. I'm sorry? I would say congratulations to you and your crew for being chosen. Um, oh yeah, yeah. No, we're very excited. Uh, the the the, the Fort Lauderdale Festival. You know, I was doing a little research on it. This is a this is a pretty big deal. Um, you know, it's it's uh, one of the biggest in Florida, and you know, there's uh, there's a lot of opportunity there. A lot of uh, they they hold a lot of seminars and show films. It's a it's a it's a neat few days uh, there, and uh, so and and. Uh, I'm I'm certainly going to that, and Blair um, is uh, going to try and make it uh, as well. I believe she's going to be in Orlando during that time, so she's going to try and come up. And then uh, Rick Kane, who plays Larry, the bureau chief, is making the point of coming down uh, for that as well. So, you know, we, we're going to have a you know a good crowd from geographically desirable for that. And then you know we're, I'm hearing I'm waiting to hear from some other festivals. So. It'd be nice to have a, a good festival run, and then to drill with independent filmmaking. You know, you 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 know, get the word out, and hopefully people like the film, and then from there, you know, get some distribution, and you know, make a little money because that's really the goal here. <laughs> well, hey, I'm glad for you. This is start. Like I said, congratulations and to you and your crew because that's a that's an honor. And who knows, you might get a chance to go with Sundance, because I know they do a lot of independent films, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, you know, keeping my fingers crossed for them. I don't, you know, it's hard to say, but we'll see what happens. Right. Now, most independent films, they experience some sort of hurdle along the way. What about you? Any difficulties that you experienced? Well, I'm trying to think. Um, you know, we had we had some problems with actors, uh, you know, uh, having to, to cancel out at the last second, um, you know, um, you know, generally speaking, though, you know, I feel pretty fortunate, uh, you know, the, the, I mean, even for the most part, uh, the weather cooperated, you know, when we were doing our exterior shots, the weather cooperated with us. Um, you know, we, I, I would say if, if I had it to do over again, the only thing that I would probably change uh, was the schedule. Uh, you know, I, it was a very tight schedule. We shot in 21 days. And, uh, you know, we, we tried really hard to uh, not put, uh, you know, give people days off and stuff like that you know, and not only work two long hours, but the fact is, is that if I had it to do over again, uh, I would have probably added at least another week to our shooting schedule. Uh, uh, because, I mean, it was just by the end, uh, everybody was just completely wiped out. And, uh, and you know, it just had to do with the intensity of the shoot. And, and I think all film shoots are intense to begin with, but I, I think I would have liked to have, 
given everybody like a couple extra days off here and there and, you know, uh, you know, just to get some rest, you know, because every once in a while, I mean, I even had, you know, a meltdown, you know, I mean, everybody, everybody's going to, you know, because of the pressure that everybody's under, you know, it's just like, you know, um, you know, everybody's going to get stressed and stuff like that. And, and I think if I were to, as I say, you know, the next film, I want to try to be a little more, um, uh, aware of the schedule and not try to squeeze everything into, um, you know, like it, you know, it, I, it wasn't unrealistic, but it was certainly a tight schedule. Right. You know, like I said, kudos to you because that's hard. That's hard when you're doing an independent film to really get it off off the ground most of the time. And a lot, and it's a you need a lot of forces to really come together to make a successful big release happen. So that's why I'm happy for you that you actually made it to this point where you're in the film festival, and hopefully it'll go worldwide. Maybe Cannes International Film Festival go all over. I hope so because it is very hard doing this. Do you think if you would have did it with a studio, it would have changed around? Oh, you know, you know. Somebody asked me that question uh, not too long ago, and I said something like, you know, um, you know. It, I think if a studio got involved, uh, my thought would be they would change absolutely nothing. They would think it was perfect as it is, and they would say, "We love it. Don't change a thing, you know, and shoot it just as you have envisioned." But I think the reality is that they probably would have made a number of changes. Um, you know, in the script or, you know, uh, you know, but I think the, the biggest change probably would have been they would have insisted on a particular actor and, you know, for whatever roles, you know, you know, whether it's, you know, the lead roles or supporting roles, I think it's possible that they would have said, oh, we want this person. And just that fact in itself, I think, would have, changed the, the, the whole, the way the film was, you know, like, you know, as I say, I mean, um, I, I, I can't say whether it would have been better or would have been worse, but the one thing I can say about, you know, like in, in Blair's case is that, you know, I, I think of her as a real find. I was just, I feel really fortunate that, that she was on board and, um, you know, but when it comes to, um, you know, studio changes, I think that the, the biggest change probably would have been, uh, uh, you know, wanting to have a particular actor in a particular role. Right. And one thing I like about independent films, because we always look for big stars, and of course stars are important, but I think what's most important for any film is the right actor who can portray that role. Just like you got mm-hmm. Blair, and she ran that role to the fullest, and that, and also, I like independent film because they always tell a story, and it's just so much creative creativity that goes in them, and that's what I like. Because to me, a big production is fine, but it's when you're taking out your time to want to make it the best, you're going to put as much creative work into it. So I love that part about independent film. I do oh yeah, yeah. No, you really when you're. I, I think one of the reasons that I, I gravitated towards news and now gravitating towards making independent films is because they're project based. Like I, I don't know whether I could, you know, go into something that doesn't have like a perceived end time. Um, you know, like when, it, when you're in news, you do a story, you know, I, you know, I, I worked for daily, the daily, you know, I worked good morning America and world news tonight and, and, you know, you pretty much, you know, you do work for several hours and you complete a project and it goes on the air, and then the next day you do something else. I've also worked for mm-hmm. shows like 2020 and Primetime, uh, you know, where, you know, we would spend a month on editing something. But either way, there, there was a beginning and an end to it, and then you moved on to something else. And I think that's the way, I, you know, I don't know if I could say own a business, you know, because it's you 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 have to focus on the same thing all the time, and you know I just sort of would get antsy. I think I like the idea of maybe setting up a business, 
but then I'd want to move on to, to the next project. Um, and so I'm, I'm, you know, really project based. You know, I, I, I like, you know, kind of diving into something, you know, just, you know, up to my neck and get it, you know, and figure it out and get it going and complete it and then move on to the next one. Why? Then I do agree with you because the news would be so redundant. You would like, oh, Lord, they just telling the same story over again. Unlike a movie, you're going to get your excitement. You're going to be happy. News is just hardcore and just per se. See why you kind of want to itch away from that. Like, okay, news is good, but I'm going towards this movie factor. So what opportunities has the film led you to? Say that again, man. What what opportunities has the film led you to? Oh, um, well, you know, there, there's no, um, you know, nothing specific because it's just so new. Um, but my hope is is that uh, uh, the, you know, that number one, I get into a number of festivals and I get to meet, you know, you know, uh, you know, people that you know might help. You know, work. You know, work with me on the next one. You know, uh, you know. I'm already starting to get ideas for another film and starting jotting down ideas and things like that. And so, my hope is that you know that that you know, geographically desirable is you know is received well enough that you know, say somebody would actually give me money to make another one. <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, you know, like in a serious budget. You know, it's funny they they talk about um, low budget filmmaking these days, and mm-hmm. believe it or not, low budget films is are considered a, a budget of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to a million dollars. That's considered low budget these days. And uh, you know, I, so I would love somebody to give me. A million dollars to make a film—that would be just lovely. Um, and so my hope is, is that you know people look at geographically desirable. They say, okay, you know, I like his style, or I like his, you know, writing, or you know, whatever. And and then you know, use geographically desirable as an opportunity to make to do more work. You know, you know, stuff that I'm proud of. Well, they will. It's going to come to pass, but you might, because you don't like to say you are. Mike, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Mike. Okay. I was saying that, Mike, it's going to come to pass for you because you already took a step out on faith to do this as you have done other work. So you're a good, qualified man who has put in his time and work, and this is going to come to pass. You all made it this far. You all got to Fort Lauderdale, and I hope for the best for you when that comes around. Um, it's coming in August, right? Uh, No, no. Uh, Fort Lauderdale... Uh, November twenty third, I believe it starts. Um, here, I believe it or not, I don't know the date. I, I can probably get you the dates pretty quick. But um, hang on one second. It is uh, November seventh to the November twenty third. So if you're in the uh, you know Fort Lauderdale, you know uh, uh, area during that time. You know, check uh, check the schedule, and uh, you know, I hope you come and see the film and enjoy it. Oh, I hope I get the opportunity. Um, so, when will people actually get a chance to see this movie? Well, uh, basically, I have a number of festivals that you know I'm waiting to hear from, and as soon as that's over, uh, I'm either going to hopefully have distribution, um, but if not, I'll be uh, doing self distribution, and I will. You know, definitely let you know where that is so your your listeners can can you know uh, take a look if they like. Well, Mike, I do thank you for coming on and sharing this great film with us. Catch Mike on Facebook with Geographically Desirable, and you can also catch him at Twitter at Geo Desire. So go check that out and and stay up on the date and Mike you and your crew again, and you have a blessed one. Thank you, Technesia. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You are so welcome. Well, everyone, my time is up. I hope you enjoyed the show. I will see you tomorrow at noon. 
you stay blessed and you stay prosperous, just remember that no one can stop your dreams except you. You keep going and striving. You can make it. Don't give up. You stay blessed, and I love you. See you tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.